why are they struggling so much? And how come I have this crazy story? And, and certainly I've been knocked down and didn't know if I was going to get back up, but I've been able to, right. Why have I been able to do that? And, um, and, and that kind of, uh, then it's evolved more and more. I'll, I'll kind of turn it over to you, but those are, those are the things that the, the story that happened and some of the things that came up for me in the journey and, um, made me really interested in this, in this idea. Like, is it really about what we go through or is it about something else? Alrighty, here we go. Welcome back. Thank you very, very much for joining me. My name is Martin Grunberg. You have reached Habits to Goals. And in many ways, this is a first. We're busting this out on video. Today, we have a legendary guest. In fact, he is the host of the Legendary Life Podcast, Mr. Ted Rice. He's a fitness and health expert. He's one of the best in the business. He's even a, I guess, fitness trainer to celebrities and the stars. So we'll, <laughs> we'll learn more about that. But I have through the, the technology that is Facebook, uh, met Ted. We've briefly chatted, but I've seen his posts throughout the years and I've always been fascinated, not just by his story, but really found great value in what he shares in his videos. So, Ted, it is an honor and a privilege to welcome you to Habits to Goals. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Martin. Thanks so much for having me. Love the name of the podcast, by the way, Habits to Goals. Uh, and big fan of habits instead of a lot of what I guess gets talked about in the fitness industry, like the biohacks and all the – it, it right. really comes down to these habits that create – success. So anyway, uh, thanks so much for that intro too. Great. I'll do my yeah. best to live up to it. Oh, well, I, I know you're a natural fit and in, in the fact that coincidentally you like the concept of having habits to goals. I, I feel like we're on the right track already. Um, I like to, or love to kick off the show with something we call the G T R, which is just the good things report. So as is customary, you can go first or I can go first or we can flip a coin. <laughs> uh, you take it away, man, and I'll follow your lead. All right. Well, we were chatting before I hit record and I was going to tell you my GTR was all about these fitness and health uh, kind of milestones. Now I feel like I have to mention them anyways, but but then I remembered what my real GTR is. So. So yesterday I did, uh, with five pound weights, a hundred burpees in about 12 and a half minutes, <laughs> which for me was pretty solid. Um, yeah, and then today I ran four miles with an average pace. I'm pretty slow. Um, but I've just been trying to crank up the pace to 938. So four miles, 938 average. And anyways, it felt great. And I was thinking that was going to be my GTR for you. And then I remembered my real GTR. So I still snuck those in. Um, one of our fans of the show, he's, he's danced in and out of the habit factor sphere or world, if you will. Um, his name is Will. He's slightly senior to me. <laughs> He's been retired for some time, an engineer, a brilliant man. He lives on the East Coast. And the GTR is, I think it was last week, he emailed me. He's like, Martin, you know, we've exchanged emails in the past. I just wanted to share with you that my new goal has emerged. And I think he's close to 70. And I was just so taken aback by this. And he shared with me, um, some of his artwork and it's beautiful and he's really talented. And I was like, wow. So anyways, that's my GTR. Um, he'd been through our habits and goals mastery course. He listened to the show. So he's probably going to hear this, but I'm just stoked that he has found his next thing, his calling. So there's my GTR, probably longer than it needs to be. 
What do you got? Love it. I'd say man, I got a few things that I'm really proud of. So I've been living in Brazil for six months and I've, I finally feel like I can speak Portuguese, which wow. it's always been a dream of mine to now, not great, but I can have conversations in Portuguese. I've never been able to do that in another language in spite of growing up in Miami and being surrounded by people speaking Spanish and taking Spanish lessons for a bunch of years. So I guess that that would be one thing. Learning kite surfing <laughs> would be another. Uh, we talked about that. We shared some stories and I loved your, your video is good. You're way better than, than me. Did by you the see way. that? Yeah. We got to talk about kite surfing. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. And then the, the final thing, since it's a report instead of a, you know, <laughs> good, good thing right. to share. Right. Um, it's, uh, is that I'm restructuring my business to make it so that my clients who sign up with me get even better results. And in other words, we're systematizing some of the things that we've done for a long time. And so in, in the spirit of this show or the name of the show and, and what you're about, Martin, it's all about like, how do we help people adopt these habits so that it becomes their identity eventually, right? Sure. So they achieve their goals. And I know I, I haven't read your book. I just met you recently, but I know you know that, that our habits dictate kind of who we are to, to a large extent. The types of conversations we have with people, the types of whether we are having uh, a Starbucks Frappuccino with like <laughs> 600 calories and, and, a, and a muffin for breakfast, or if we're, you know, hitting 50 grams of protein with uh, some some veggies and, you know, it, all these things that we do, they become who we are. And then we start to have this identity and a lot of it is created by these habits that we have. So I'm, I'm restructuring the business to help people do that because I run into it all the time. I'm, and, you know, and you're talking, you're, you're sharing your goals with me, telling me about, uh, or, I mean, some of your fitness accomplishments, your, your recent ones and about the, the pace of the mile, man, I forgot so much of that stuff because I'm so focused on like, how do we help people sure. get these habits right. instead of like, Oh, here's this pace and how right. much weight this really optimal routine. What's optimal is what we can sustain. And so that's what I'm really about these days. Well, that's cool. And uh, a beautiful GTR the the thing I want to share with you, you may or may not know, and, and the people who hear this show probably think I say it too much. Um, do you happen to know, <laughs> and I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but the Latin sure. root, the Latin root of habit? I don't. What is it? So it's habitus. Habitus. And what it means, to your point, is condition or character. So I wrote about that in the habit factor. The fact is our condition and our character is the sum total of our habits. <laughs> so that is the identity. That is what we become. Our character is basically what we wear is our habits. Um, so beautiful point. So Ted, you today, you're, you're an expert in fitness and exercise. But without even waving my magic wand, I know things did not start that way. <laughs> so take us, take us back, maybe high school days, um, whatever you're comfortable sharing relative to, to your backstory. Uh, give us a bit of the journey. Yeah. And I don't mind share. I'll share whatever, you know, I, I, if you have any questions, I'm, I'm an open book. And if there's something that I don't want to answer, I'll, I'll tell you, sure. but I, 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 I like to, so I'll just kick it off like this. So as you mentioned, I've trained celebrities. I was a personal trainer in Miami beach, worked with uh, Richard Branson, worked with Robert Downey Jr., worked with Ricky Martin, a bunch of celebrities that you more local guys that you've never heard of. And I share that and people know me for it. Right. But the reality is, is how I got there is a much different 
story. I'm a, a college dropout twice. You know, I've dropped out of college <laughs> twice. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, I, uh, I, I had a lot of trouble growing up, grew up in an alcoholic household with two workaholic alcoholic parents, both attorneys, a lot of a, a very dysfunctional family, like a lot of people. And then things kind of got, you know, there, there are more details uh, to my family upbringing, but, but the, the story that people know uh, me for is my brother was kidnapped and murdered when I was 19 and um, it became national news in Miami. It was a big deal. A lot of people have heard this story before. It's all over the internet. If you Google my name, Ted Rice, R-Y-C-E. And, um, and I share that because these are the things, that's the, the, the event that really, I dropped out of school after that happened. And oh. it's a really horrible story. Um, and, and, you know, if you want to go into it, we can, but the, the point I try to make is everybody, every, one thing I love is like everybody, if you ask, if I ask people like, or, or people tell me what they think about me, like, Oh yeah, you're, you're this privileged dude. You probably were like the captain of the high school football team. Right. It's like, I was skateboarding, listening to heavy metal and doing drugs. Right. I've been arrested a bunch of times. And, you know, I've had all these tragedies, like I mentioned about my brother, my sister committed suicide. And then people are like, oh, my gosh, I would have never known. It's like, well, that's a compliment because I don't want to be a person who walks around where you can tell that guy's been through some bad stuff in his life. And so so that's part of what I help people with, too. I, I feel that even though people may not have the same type of you know, national news story with a family member murdered. We all have this stuff that happens to us and into what you shared, a, a lot of what you shared. It, these, these things that happen to us, they change the way we think and then these and, and change the way we feel. And when the way we think and feel gets changed, it changes our behaviors. Yeah. And then the habits that you talked about. And then these habits then in turn shape us even more. We stay up late. We, we get on social media. We watch serial killer documentaries and wonder why we think the world's such a terrible place. Right. And it's like, you feel bad. A lot of your thoughts are negative and a lot of the way you feel is negative. Right. And we can, we have the power to change that. So, and, and one of the things how, why I got into fitness is because it's one of the, it, it not only can our thoughts and feelings affect our behaviors and our habits, but our habits can affect our thoughts and feelings. And one of the things that helped me get back from that dark place after my brother was murdered was I got into the habit of fitness and I started taking care of myself and I didn't have to, I didn't have to use affirmations and say, Hey, you can get through this. You, you're, you're someone with energy. You're someone who uh, takes charge in life. No, I just <laughs> felt better. Right. Because I lifted weights uh, right. because of the physiological processes that happen in your brain and body when you go move it, you know? And I, I and, and so that I was like, wow, you know, my life, uh, the story kind of sucks, right? It sucks. It's right. terrible, but I don't feel that bad. And a lot of people do, and they don't have the same story, right? And that really, like, it got to me, like, why are people who haven't been through, like, a, a hard tragedy, why are they struggling so much? And how come I have this crazy story? And and certainly I've been knocked down and didn't know if I was going to get back up, but I've been able to. Right. Why have I been able to do that? And um, and and that kind of uh, then it's evolved more and more. I'll I'll kind of turn it over to you. But those are those are the things that the the story that happened and some of the things that came up for me in the journey and um, made me really interested in this in this idea. Like, is it really about what we go through, or is it about something else? It's it's. Uh... 
I mean, a powerful story fraught with so many lessons. And I absolutely did not necessarily want to do this, but because it's the first interview I'm doing with video and I have the ability to share a graphic, I almost wish I could go back and play your clip. It is so powerful relative. I actually, the graphic is up on my screen and it's, it's coming out in, uh, I mean, I've already shared it. I've already taught it, but I want to share it with you in particular. Um, this is, this is wild. Yeah. I just taught a, uh, coaching course. Can you see this? Yeah, sure. Thoughts. Now, stories, did you hear, did you hear it. how you describe, you see how the arrows are multidimensional? Yeah, sure. Um, let me hide some of this stuff. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so I, I mean, what, I'm going to try to do my best, but, but you said, so circumstances, event, bad things happened. It affects how you feel, which affects your behavior, which affects how you feel and your thoughts. And then you said, look, I didn't want to do affirmations to feel better. What I decided to do was work out and I felt better when I worked out again. It almost doesn't matter. I call this the three circle transformation ecosystem and this is what i'm sharing with with other coaches but it's i mean you you couldn't have articulated it better and so because of that i wanted to share it and discuss it with you yeah it just it echoes constantly back and forth back and forth and that's i mean that's what you just you just summarized in a nutshell that you focused on the habits to change not only your environment, but, but your, your story. Um, not that it changes the past. It just changes your go forward story, so to speak. Um, yeah, and it changes your mood in the moment. Right. And I think that's what a lot of us, we feel like we don't have the power to change. Right. But we do. <laughs> we do. And probably the fastest way to do it is through something immersive doesn't necessarily have to be a workout um, or at least that's the thing that I found to, to really work well for not just me, but my clients. I mean, if you're stressed out, you can be, Oh God, I can't get rid of the stress. It's like, and someone might tell you, Hey, try meditation. But if, right. but if you're not a meditator, and I am a meditator, but it took me a long time to get there. Um, but if you're, you know, if you can, even if you're not a great kite surfer like me, right? <laughs> if you if you lose control of that kite and it drags your face into the water, yeah. you forgot what you were upset about, what you were stressed about. <laughs> That's you right. forgot about your past. You forgot about the hard childhood. You forgot about the worries about the future, about the future of the country and the political, you know, you forgot all about that. And I feel like that's what mo- a lot of us need, right? We need to have these things that pull us into the moment. Wow. And that's something that I try to get my, my clients to, that's what I sneak in with my clients. I'm like, Oh, people come to me to lose fat and I help them with that. Right. But the issue the is this Martin. People want things in, in the way I, in my perception, people want things because they don't want the thing, but they want the way that they think the thing will make them feel. Right. Oh, I want, I want more money. If I just have more money, you know, um, life would be better. It's like, well, you, you, you want more money because you feel like having that more money will give you a certain feeling. And certainly we know that that does. I mean, there's even research on that. Right. Right. Uh, But uh, we, we, but the truth is, you know, even if you get more money or even if you get the six pack, which is what I help people do, you lose 20 pounds. Some people get really lean with me. It, it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're going to be feeling a hundred percent all the time. You know, in fact, what a lot of people find in the journey is that I've had, I had one client, I remember the guy lost weight and for him, it was all about his health. Oh, I need to lose this weight. I got to be healthier. I got to lose this weight. I lose this weight. Then he started doing it and got comfortable and confident with what we were showing him. So he saw like, Oh, if I just keep doing this, I'll get this result. And he was in the groove. And then 
he started asking things about his relationship. And this was when I first started doing the online version of coaching. He started asking things about his relationship. And it was just like, interesting, why is this coming up for you now? And it seemed that, and, and it happened over and over, and it seems that we get fixated on an idea like, oh, I got I to gotta lose weight. I'll just stick with that since that's my wheelhouse, right? I got to lose weight. I got to lose this weight. It's all I can think about. I see myself in the mirror. The whole day sucks because I saw myself in the mirror. I got to lose this weight. And then you lose the weight and you're like, wow, now that I realize it, um, you know, I've got these other things. I'm not sure if what I'm doing for work is what I should be doing. I don't know if my heart's in it. Maybe I've been stress eating this right. whole time because I'm so incongruent with what I'm doing for work or with my relationship. I don't know if I should be married to this person that I'm married to. Right. right? And so, right. um, so yeah, it's, it's very fascinating. That's why I'm, that's why I've stayed. So in, I've, I, I've been in the business 23 years and I've come from, you know, showing people how to optimize workouts and you know, nutrition, uh, which is pretty simple for the most part. You just got to do a couple things regularly and a couple principles, a few principles, but then all this other stuff comes up. And that's why, um, you know, I've been able to stay. It's so interesting to me. And, and I, I'm more into the neuroscience and the psychology than, um, you know, learning about like the latest biohack or what right. supplement, you know, that type of thing. So, so let's back this up to the double, the double dropout, the double call, <laughs> the double college dropout. Uh, sure. what, what does the journey look like for Ted Rice at that point? Uh, you start working out yourself, you're feeling better, you trip up on maybe a, a job in personal fitness or what, how, how does that evolve? Yeah, sure. So I, I told you how I dropped out the first time. Yep. I was 19. Brother got murdered. Right. I couldn't yeah, yeah, yeah. freaking concentrate right. on, oh, dude. on yeah. algebra yeah. or trigonometry. Can't, can't concentrate you know, can't on do it. Jesus. Yeah. And by the way, I was studying neuro. I wanted to be a neuroscientist. I didn't really get that far into it, but wow. that was the goal. So I ended up coming back into college. Are you asking what happened after that? Yeah, just kind of the journey, the journey out of, yeah, on your path to your current expertise. Yeah. Yeah. So after, after I dropped out, then the first time I got into fitness and I loved it. It gave me, I, I met people who were, I, I didn't even know personal training was a thing. It's not how it is now. Right. Um, this was the late nineties and these guys were making guys and, and, and women were making like $75 an hour for training someone. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm working, <laughs> working for, right. I don't know, whatever the, whatever I was working for $12 an hour or whatever it was $15 an hour. I was like, Oh my gosh, how do you, how do you get in that? I've never even heard about this. Right. So I quit my job at the time, got, uh, certified, became a personal trainer, started, uh, got hired at the first place that I interviewed at the Eden Rock Resort and Spa in Miami Beach, Florida. And uh, they didn't want to let me, they had, they sat me down and said, you're hired, but you can't work as a personal trainer uh, for about oh. two years. Oh. And so I was putting away weights and stuff, but I would take, I would get people, I would start training them. I didn't care right. uh, for free. Right. Um, sure. And everything was done through the gym at that time. So I started training people. And within a, a, a month, my boss came back to me and said, listen, we don't normally do this, but everyone's asking to train with you. Nice. You see, we're already training them. And so we're going to let you train. So I started training people and I met a lot of people who, owned, that was the hot place to be at the time. So I met a lot of celebrities, um, people who owned restaurants and clubs Right. Uh, it was all VIP all the time. I am. And uh, how old are you at that point? 25-ish or something? I, I, it, when I started, I was 22. Okay. And um, yeah, I was 22. And that was, I, th I guess, 1999. Wow. Um, I think. So okay. yeah, I was in my 20s and it was uh, rock and roll. <laughs> Unfortunately, Sex, drugs, and rock and roll could have done without the drugs, but I did get lost in that in my twenties with the house music and ecstasy and uh, staying up late and the party scene there. It was a good time, but um, 
Well, yeah, that, that's the environment. It's the environment. Also, I mean, I'm, I, I don't want to get into it too much, but even today they're using MDMA. Uh, the, the FDA is, is going through a process to use MDMA or the street name ecstasy for wow. post-traumatic stress syndrome for, mm-hmm. for uh, MDMA assisted psychotherapy. So so that's what a lot of people are doing out there. They're trying to give themselves uh, healing, really. Um, and so, so I got lost there, and I, I came out towards the end of my 20s, like 28. I thought I was going to be a millionaire. I'm like around all these rich people, famous people. I'm like, I'm going to be a millionaire by the time I'm 30. I'm, this is going to be great. Right. Didn't happen. Right. Cause I had the terrible business skills, terrible sales skills. I thought just the pers- power of personality was going to propel me, but it didn't. So I got really frustrated and, right. I, and I, obviously I didn't really, I don't want to say didn't deserve it, but I wasn't doing the work. I was out partying right. and sleep the next day. And I just, you know, thought I was a rock star, but wasn't getting paid like one, you know, cause I was a personal trainer who needed to show up and be in shape and be on, on point. So anyway, I start. I went back to school and uh, also got involved in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and that kind of gave, that kind of got me straight. Um, and the thinking was, Hey, you know, I'm going to go back to school. I'll become a medical doctor um, or something in the medical field, but I was doing my pre-med requisites and uh, I, was st- I was doing jujitsu at the same time. And that was like the next phase of the journey. And um, my stepmother ended up dying of a heart attack, a uh, much more complicated relationship there. So I can't say I was, I was super broken hearted about it uh, as she was a very troubled woman, alcoholic, workaholic, abusive. Um, but, uh, but my dad was in a really bad spot after mm. she died because that was his soulmate. Right. More like a drinking buddy, from my perspective, but for right. him, that was his soulmate and she died. And so I dropped out of school to spend time with him Oh, and got, um, got back into fitness after that. Cause I had taken a, a hiatus. And so that was the, that was the next step. And, and um, I started then I was like, I, if I'm getting back into fitness, I can't do what I was doing before. I need to do something business wise. I need to be smart about it. So I started getting into business masterminds and learning, oh my gosh, there's all this business stuff. And I had been going to all these personal training seminars on physiology and biomechanics. And I was like, I'm not spending in it because I spent a lot of money with that, Martin. Tens of thousands of dollars. Uh, It's great. Yeah. It's great. But um, my my client, I would come back and my clients didn't want to pay me more after I spent 5K. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody cares. So nobody right. cares what they care about is, is the results. So right. what I started learning was this needs to be systematized in a way that my clients are really going to enjoy the process and get great results. Not just me showing up, counting their reps and, you know, shooting, but, shooting the breeze with them. Right. And, and that's, uh, that's sorry to tell you, that's just a brilliant, sure. brilliant transition by you to take a step back and realize Let's look at the system. Let's look at the business, work on the business itself. What's the model? How can I better serve clients? How can I better serve my own lifestyle? Um, so that's, that's an important pivot you made there. My, my question, uh, another comment slash question is relative to jujitsu. When, when you got involved in that, what year was that? That was when I was. Tw- 27 or 28 years wow. old. So 44 right now. And I'm, Damn, even though I, I got it. Okay. Yeah. I got a, I got good grades. I, I got straight A's in math uh, sure. up until calculus at least. Right. But now I can't do basic math anymore. But, but, <laughs> but uh, so you're, you're still involved in the jujitsu. Yeah, I still do. I still do martial arts. I'm not as, I have a brown belt in Brazilian jujitsu. Amazing. Um, Great. And I'm yeah. thinking there was some some. I'm speculating that there was some transition or translation. What am I trying to say? From 
from cleaning up your lifestyle and being involved in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and the discipline that's involved. I, I just, I'm guessing that there was some rub off effect, uh, for the better relative again to discipline. And, and I could be wrong. I'm just wondering how, how you see that. You're a hundred percent right. In yeah. fact, I mean, you know, it could be a whole other conversation into itself, but the thing was this, I realized I was, um, when I got into Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I mean, I was bullied as a kid. I, I went to, I was in private school for the first couple grades, but after that, wow. it was, it was a rough time in, in public schools in Miami. It's not, I don't know, wherever you're, you know, it's, right. it, it's not a good time. It wasn't right. a good time, you know? So, uh, I was a minority there. I'll just leave it at that. You got know? It. So, uh, so like, so I, I had gotten into martial arts before, but jujitsu, Brazilian jujitsu, um, was really the thing that helped me turn things around in terms of facing the things that I was afraid of. Right. And I got to hand it off to my jujitsu instructor, George Pereira. Uh, he, uh, he was like, listen, you need to, he, he had a very strong accent from Rio. Uh, you know, it's Deji, you need to train jujitsu. You need to compete, brother, you know? Right, right, right. <clears throat> and he got me into doing competitions. I was so afraid to do wow. them because I was like, I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to get hurt. <laughs> and, but by facing the fear there, uh, and realizing, you know, I did get hurt, by the way. I got a bunch of injuries from jiu-jitsu. Oh, sure. <laughs> so, but like, most of them were from training, not the competitions. Oh, wow. The training was much worse, you know. Bleed in, bleed in trainings is a win in battle. Or there's some famous uh, quote. It just reminds me of, I'm sure you, maybe you haven't seen it, Talladega Nights, where Ricky Bobby has to face the fear. <laughs> did you see that or no? Well, he's, I did. Driving, he's driving with a cougar in the car and he says, you got to face the fear anyways. <laughs> yeah. So you you got to face, face the fear, face the fear. Good job. Yeah. And um, it, it started, you know, I got to the point where, yeah, without that, I don't think I would have gone on to do so many things that I ended up doing, or if I did, it would have taken me much longer to get right. over the fear. One of the things though, I'll tell you, um, is I, I had a moment of realization about this where now your some of your some of your listeners will oh wow Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt people who watch MMA know that's a really big deal to get your your brown belt and and, and I got two stripes on it just wow just saying you know, but right just saying right <laughs> But I had a moment where I remember I was asked to speak in public and here I am, this guy, if you would have told me, Hey, listen, you're going to, you, I wanted to do an MMA fight. Um, I, I did jujitsu competitions. So it's like, Hey, you're going to fight. I would be like, okay, cool. Right. If I lose, I'm, I know how that feels. I know I, I'm okay with that. Right. And if I right. win, it'd be better, but Speak. I'm asked to speak in public. <laughs> right. And then my heart's pounding. Like, oh my gosh, this is way more scary right. than any of the MMA Brazilian jiu-jitsu stuff that I've ever done. Why right. is this happening to me? And so it started showing me um, if there's a lesson that I think that someone listening right now could take away, it's like it's not about the thing, it's not about you know, listening to someone's story like mine and like, okay, well, I was bullied in, in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I was also abused by my mentally ill mother physically. That's another story, right? right. That's well, why I had a stepmom, you know, right. and that's why I was with my my dad and my stepmom and not my mom. Right. But, uh, and that helped. But if there's something that someone can take away, it's like, it's not about my story so much. It's about facing those fears. In fact, uh, the mythologist, the American, late American mythologist, Joseph Campbell, has a great quote saying that the cave that we fear to enter holds the treasure that we seek. I love that. And that it, that was like, you know, I'm not scared of doing the jujitsu. I mean, I get a little excited before right. if I know, and but I know who's going to kick my ass. I know whose ass I'm going to kick. You know, I know how good I am. Um, and I'm okay with all that. But with this speaking thing, I really felt 
so much fear around it. I, I used to, I would be so nervous for doing an interview like this before Martin. Um, and, and that kind of instilled this idea like, wow, I, I really need to hunt discomfort in my life. I really need to find those caves that, right. that, uh, that I fear to enter. That's another, that's, sorry, that's another up. absolutely genius insight. I mean, it really is this idea that, and it's a perfect segue to where I was going to ask you, uh, where I wanted to take this. Um, my, my question there is at what point do you say, I mean, do you just trip upon that Campbell quote and then say, shit, I got to start looking where I'm scared? Or do you, do you have that bad public speaking, uh, experience? And like, like a lot of people say, shit, I never want to do that again and go the other way. So my point or the question is, how do you, how did you come to the realization that you should be running into the building, not away from it. Yeah, and, and that's the, the question, cave. right? Right. <laughs> that's the question. And I'm leaving a lot out here. And what I'm leaving out is all the people that I've learned from and all the books I've sure. read and all the influences. But to answer that question in a way that is helpful to someone listening right now, there's um, there's a book called Flow by uh, yep. Hungarian psychologist, you're familiar with it, right? Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Actually, and, I thought you were. I thought you were going to bring up a different book called Flow, but keep going. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's there's an idea there called the skills challenge ratio, right? And uh-huh. the skills challenge ratio is basically it sounds kind of fancy, but it's really this. It's like if you if your skill is here is too low and your challenge is too high, what that does, it, it creates that I ain't never doing that again moment. Right. right. It wasn't like, a, uh, it, it's like I, I used to game a lot, video game, play video games. So it's right. like playing a video game and you just get crushed over and over and over. And you're like, you want to slam the controller or, or smash the buttons. Cause you're so frustrated that means that that the the skill level that you had was way too high for for uh, I'm sorry the the skill level that you had is way too low for the challenge now conversely you can have a challenge that is way too easy and your skill level is too high and what are you you're bored you're like this right. is nothing right you know you play you play uh, the the ridiculous game that your that your 3 year old or 5 year old I don't know what age kids are playing video games. I don't have any yet, but you're playing it. You're like, well, this is, it's good for them, but this is ridiculously easy. So that's not, that's not good either. You need to be in that zone where you're appropriately challenged. So if you're feeling, um, if you're feeling a a bit on edge, like using public speaking, for example, or as an example, like going, first of all, you don't just go and talk, right? You gotta, you gotta learn how there's, there's rules to public speaking. Even if you want to break them, you want to learn them first. So you go to Toastmasters and maybe just sitting there watching people, right? And maybe striking up conversations. And then, you know, maybe you get up there and do a one minute talk, right? And super fries you a little bit, but you're already in a safe environment because you went there that one time and, 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 and you felt a sense of community because you were all there together, scared to, scared to do the public speaking. And so you got up there in a supportive environment and did the, the one minute instead of giving an hour long presentation to a bunch of people, to a hundred people sitting right. in a room that they don't even want to be there. Right. Right. That would probably be too much <laughs> to seeing the look of like, someone's eye is sitting in the the yeah. <laughs> in the seats in front of you just you know, like oh my gosh i can't believe i'm listening to this fool you know like that could really <laughs> so that could be too much you're uh there was a lot said there i think one of the most important points you led with it was was it wasn't something that just you didn't fail once or felt fear once and that was it and you had the light bulb go off and said i gotta run in that cave it was a process 
It took time. It probably kept reoccurring. You had teachers. You you leaned into it. Uh, you read books. And I think most important of all, you were reflective. Um, you know, Aristotle has a great quote. It's, it's wisdom is equal measure experience plus reflection. And, and I'm not sure you could have got there without reflecting upon, Hey, where do I want to go? What has happened? And, um, so you add these all up and <laughs> this is like an unintentional gem to come out of this discussion. I was just going to, I shouldn't be doing this, but here's a plug. So the second book was called The Pressure Paradox, and it was about, as you might guess, pressure and how it influences our performance, our peace of mind, and our productivity. And so you talk about challenge and comfort, and that's all <laughs> all in there. Um, so that's brilliant. All right. Tell me a little about the podcast. Here's a guy who found himself going to Toastmasters, I'm guessing. Uh, at what point do you I realize? I did an improv acting class. I, I dropped out of Toastmasters really quickly and joined. Well, it, it almost class. doesn't matter. I guess the point is you, you again, you leaned into the challenge. Um, so much so that you have one of the most popular podcasts out there. And, and I want you to share because we're already tightish on time and i'm thoroughly enjoying this discussion talk a little bit about the podcast um legend the legendary life podcast how it is you started it what what the purpose was and how you're helping people yeah uh the way i started i mean i I just wanted to get into the online world and um only do this uh, had this thing about podcasts and everybody should podcast and I, and I disagree with that now, but I'm glad I, I bought into that. I bought into his course. I, I love the idea of interviewing people and I've done over 400 interviews and, you know, we're, we're having this, as you mentioned, very brief conversation. So all those conversations, those people, you know, mentored me, right? Like, uh, so many p- experts that I spoke to and just came away with with, uh, from those conversations, just a little bit smarter, a little bit smarter, because, um, you know, I didn't start out that way. And so what we do, it's, it's really about health and fitness and about clearing up misinformation on health and fitness, because, um, a lot of people are confused about what to do to get results with nutrition, with exercise. And so I boil it down to principles. Um, like so many things, there's, you know, not that many principles, but there's a lot of tactics and strategies, but the principles, there's not really that many. And so I help in that way. And um, I interview guests with um, experts in longevity and who do research. I'm very picky about the, I don't have the super popular podcast folks, nutrition podcast folks. I'm very particular about who I have on the show. They really need to be more science-based than the marketing, which I feel there's too much of. Right. Uh, and also I, I do my own, um, my own episodes and uh, I share stories. And also I do like very science-based. I'm a very science-based guy these days, but also, um, you know, mixing in, personal experience and, and being open to different things. Like for example, acupuncture is something I do a lot and um, it's right. not really, it's got mixed evidence. If sure. you look at the science, the science backing it. But uh, so, so if that resonates with you, you might enjoy the show. That's great. And um, again, as we round kind of second base here, <laughs> I, because you're a coach, uh, if it, if it makes sense, if not, we can kind of move on to the next question. Is there a particular, you know, to my, sorry, my watch is ringing. Um, is there a particular case study that is worth sharing in, I don't know, three to five minutes? Somebody you, you feel like it was a significant breakthrough or transformation that's, again, worth sharing. If not, no problem. Yeah. 
Yeah, sure. I better have one of those this year, right? Or else I'm <laughs> right. not very good at well. my job. But uh, what the one that comes out to me, it comes out for me is um, I've had a lot of great clients and, and a lot of great transformations. And, and I've also had a lot of people who didn't quite, you know, do what I was hoping they would do. Everybody get, gets results with me, but some people really get results and take it to the next level. And, and uh, Jeff was someone who was doing CrossFit. He was, he was, he's my age. I guess he was 43 at the time um, uh, in like investments. I forget exactly what type of business he was in, but he did CrossFit. He um, tried keto. He tried all these things and he was obese, right? He wasn't overweight. He was obese. Um, and he really wanted to make a difference. He was under in, in his health. Uh, he was under the impression that he had to, live uh, a monk-like nutritional life where you can't ever eat dessert. You can't have a glass of wine with your wife or partner over dinner. You, you got to just eat chicken and broccoli all the time. And um, he quit CrossFit, uh, just did what the workouts that I showed him how to do didn't work, worked out less hard, but more frequently um, without killing himself he was able to get, he, he went from being obese to having a six pack and veins on his abs. Right. <laughs> and I got that photo up on my That's website. Insane. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. And, um, he, what, what he what did that all time? by principles. What was the time period there? The time period, I mean, from being obese to. And by the way, when I say that, I know we live in a, a microwave world where everybody wants it tomorrow or yesterday. So I, I have no such expectation and the people that listen to this show don't either. So, so. Oh yeah, sure. I'm, I'm kind of messing with you, right? I know you might not, but I think right. you're, I think everyone's like, Oh, so did it take uh, four weeks then? No, no. Or did it take exactly. eight weeks? Four did it take years. eight weeks to get four ripped? Years. No, it took nine months for him. Okay. Wow. It took nine months. It took nine months to, to do that transformation. And, um, you know, everybody was asking him, so you don't eat carbs, right? So you're like working out every day, right? So you're killing yourself in the gym, right? So you never eat dessert, right? And right. He, he does all those things. Right. And he, you can't, I told him, I'm like, you can't talk to people about it. As soon as you tell them what you're doing, it's just so out of sync with what their beliefs are that they can't even, it's like, they don't want to hear about it. Right. So, you know, just That's great. I love that. Yeah. Um, I don't want you to give your secret recipe away, but give us one or two. In my mind, what a principle is, 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 so there are, as you said, there's tactics, there's strategy, and then there's principles. Principles are timeless. They're, they're the same today as they will be in a thousand years and, or a thousand years ago. Um, I'm I'm curious if you're willing to share one or two principles. In my mind, one might be eat less calories than you expend. That's a principle that's probably never going to change. <laughs> but anyway, right. yeah, ahead. and I would, yeah, and people find that advice very frustrating because right. it's like, how do you do that exactly? Because right. a lot of people try it, and what I would say is this: you know, there are ways to do it, but get I, the way I like to frame that. Martin is by saying, get awareness, awareness of your food. Cause people don't, people think they're doing all the right things, eating all the right things. But I guarantee you, if right. you're overweight or obese, you're not, <laughs> you're, I mean, it's just, that's like saying, I'm so great with money. I don't know why I have zero money in my bank account and I can't pay my bills every month. It's like the, the results, the proof is in the pudding, you know, like, like, it's not some magical metabolism hormone thing. So get awareness. Now, right. if you want to do a journal, a food journal, write the, the things down that you eat, or if you want to like my, my, uh, my preference is, uh, is to use my fitness pal and you don't have to track for the rest of your life or even for a whole month, but, but track for a week. Track your food for a week. Track right. just one week or even one day, right? right? 
And, and the days that matter, not the days that you're like, hey, I'm going to eat perfectly today. So I want to see all the perfect things. And don't do it for ego gratification, out of ego gratification to make yourself feel good. Do it in a way that where you're going to learn what's really stopping you from getting the real results. So that's the best. That's the number one tip. If you want that's great. Uh, fat loss slash weight loss, get awareness and use either a journal or I love it or, or my fitness pal my, to do that. Uh, so you may or may not know, but the, the habit factor before even the book, there was an app and the whole point in a la habits to goals is to track, which is awareness. So in fact, the methodology is called PAR, Plan, Act, Record, Reassess. So you make your plan, you have your target days, and then you just simply check it off. It's it's binary. Did you do it or did you not do it? Um, and the beauty of the system, so to speak, is say it's you know 15 push-ups three times a week, just as an, a bad example, right? Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Well, if Monday I I don't hit my target or success criteria, I could use Tuesday as a makeup day. The, the, the idea is at the end of the week, using awareness and reassessing, did, did I hit my target of three, three times a week? Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, I'm sharing that for the new listener, perhaps, because it, it fits so well with what you're saying. I mean, awareness, <laughs> par, plan, act, record, reassess. Yeah, I love I love that. And we we do something very similar with we have we give people habits and did they do them or not? Right. You know, and I think I think this habit idea and, and see what, what you've come up with as well. It's like it's that's the way forward, right? So um what we tell people to do is track five days a week, right? Five days a week. Um and we also another uh, for exercise. Now, listen, I could get really deep with exercise and what the right. best way to structure a program, but I'll tell you the best advice that I can give you is this. It sounds super unsexy, but it's the thing that will move the needle and give you the best results. I could sit here and talk to you about myo reps and, um, you know, complicated, uh, approaches to doing different exercises and, and, total body four day double stimulation splits and all this other stuff. But let me tell you the big secret is do workout three days a week and make sure that you work out three days a week. Don't go six days a week for one week and then skip the next week, right. work out three days a week. Oh, for one hour, let's say, all right. Or whatever you can do really but one hour and, yeah. um, and do that. Well, what workout should I do? Well, the, 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 the coach in me wants to tell you to go lift weights, but, but the, the person who knows, or, I'll, I'll just <laughs> knows say like people, right. Yeah. Who knows people. It's like, do whatever it is that you feel like you can do. Great. Right? Just be consistent. Three workouts a week. If it starts with walking, awesome. If it's great. weights, awesome. If it's a boot camp, great. But work out three days a week and don't. So uh, don't miss. we're way over time. All my fault because I'm having so much fun. I'm gonna we're gonna round third here with a few questions, Ted. Uh, sure. How how do you battle through tough days? Yeah, great question. And it's they something where, where uh, your workout goes sideways, shit happens, and next thing you know, you're, I, you're like, you know what a bad day is. I don't need to elaborate. Go ahead. My dad, my dad can't speak English right now. Too much Portuguese. My dad died in October. I've been struggling a lot this past year. Uh, in at the end of uh, two two thousand twenty, I mean. I've struggled a lot. I've had a lot of bad days recently. And, um, and the thing is this, it comes back to right after he died, I went to universal studios. <laughs> a lot of people may be like, what, the, what is that? What are you talking about? Have you ever tried to be depressed right. on a roller coaster? 
riding the Hulk roller coaster in Universal Studios. You you may feel depressed 20 minutes after the ride is over, <laughs> right. but I guarantee you during that ride and all the all the the minutes afterward, right? And part of it's I get a little motion sick too. Right. So I gotta recover from that. Right. Makes me forget about things. But um, you need to have things in your life that you can immerse yourself in that can get Beautiful. you back into the present moment, not thinking about, oh my gosh, what what if my dad took better care of himself? What if, I mean, I'm a fitness professional. What if I would have just tried harder? Oh my gosh. What about the future? I'm going to live a life without my dad in the future. So how do you get yourself out of that? You, you can't, you can't stop. Okay. Let me stop thinking about it. No, uh, -uh. yeah. No, just relax. Oh, let me try to meditate. Actually, if you're a skilled meditator, then that'll probably work for you. But most of us don't have this skill, right? Right. Get, and do something immersive. You right. got it. And it needs to be the intensity that it needs to be. For me, I've been doing that's part of why I chose kite surfing. <laughs> that's intense. Exactly. We didn't even get into that. Yeah. Um wow, that's brilliant. And it reminds me again of the environment influencing how we feel and our skills and habits and the, the thinking. Um, how do you, Ted Rice? fitness and health expert define success. Yeah. Uh, not, to put success. You on the, <laughs> not to put you on the spot, but give it your best shot here. And, and, def, and you mean, to, how do I define it for myself, Correct. not Correct. for everyone else, right? Just yourself. Uh, yeah. For me um, right now, I define it as the positive impact that I can make on other people's lives. And that goes from my closest circle, from my family, uh, the family I have left, uh, my friends, uh, to people who know me through acquaintances, uh, to, to people who listen to my show, who I may never meet in person. Like how many lives can, can I affect in a positive way? That's and so, that's my, I, I got this from Jason Silva. He wants to redefine a billionaire instead of, instead of making a billion dollars, which is, you know, great. It's an incredible a billion lives, accomplishment, huh? right. change a billion lives. Wow. And uh, I, that really resonated with me. So that, that's how I would. That's say great. So, I love it. I'm thinking in the millions, maybe not, but uh, maybe I'll get to the billions uh, one day. It's on the path. Um, how about a couple of your, you, as you would assess them, your best personal habits? Best personal habits. So um, I wake up and I start my day with just, water. Yeah. The idea is just your, if you were to pick one or two and maybe you're answering, I just didn't want the question to be confused. So your best one or two habits. My best one or two habits. Yeah. Wake up, drink water in the morning. Wow. Drink, drink about a liter or drink, you know, uh, sorry, a quart, quart water, quarter a liter. I love it. System you're going start with that. That can help set the day. Also get in some exercise every day. Now I said only hit a workout three days a week, but what I mean is you got to move your body every day. You start what, well in some. Some people are probably going to start three days a week. You you started there, and now you're probably up to every day or close to every day. I do something every day. Right. I do some exercise every day, and I don't push hard. In fact, I, I've got a lot of injuries. So what I do is like these. What would what a lot of what you would do in physical therapy if you were injured, but now I do it so I don't get injured. Right. So I do some type of exercise, walking something every single day. Brilliant. And, um, yeah, and I'll give you one last one. I track my sleep with an aura ring, and that you got one too. No, I was just I was giving you the fist bump. That's great. Fist yeah. bump. Yeah, I track my sleep. Now I I don't sleep well, uh, but it's allowed me to sleep much better. Right, and it's allowed me to get data to see. Okay, well I, I'm I'm maybe I sound I hope I sound smart on this podcast, but I'm really not. Okay, no, you you do. Uh, again, I think wisdom is equal measure experience plus reflection. So you do a lot of reflecting that lends that to, I do <laughs> that lends to wisdom. Uh, what 
have you learned, this is not on the sheet, but what have you learned about preparing for a good night's rest? Because my experience tells me that a good sleep doesn't just happen by accident. I mean, it can, but a lot of time it's in the preparation on the front end. What happens the night before? Yeah, sure. It happens, I would say, in the morning. We could get into, I do whole podcast on this, but what I would tell you is this, get exercise and sunlight in the morning, then avoid light later on at night. Okay. It's 8.50 right now. After this podcast is over, I'm turning off the lights. I'll watch something on uh, my Mac here, my my notebook rather, uh, uh, and I'll, I'll adjust the light so it's low. And, um, and I'll turn down, I don't need to turn down the AC because it's, it's 40 degrees right now in Brazil. It's in the middle of winter and I'm in the south of Brazil in Fort Florianopolis, but make your room dark, cold and quiet. And, uh, that's, that's how you get great sleep. Genius. Start in the morning, then have some type of ritual at night where you keep it dark, cold and quiet. I love that. I wrote that down. Um, how about a favorite? You you touch on a couple of genius quotes. Uh, any other quotes at top of mind that you want to share? The one that I would leave you with is the one that sticks out to me, and and I'm terrible with remembering quotes, but the one that I always remember is uh, you know the the cave that you fear to enter holds the treasure that you sure. seek. Always sure. always think about that, That's and always challenge yourself like. Ask yourself, am I really, am am I afraid here? Am I afraid to have that conversation with my partner? Is What am I afraid that's going to happen? Because I'm not really going to get, they're not really going to stab me, right? Right. But, uh, you know, it's these things that we're we're afraid of these social or psychological, we're afraid of the the negative feelings that we might have. But when we conquer those things, um, you know, that's the, that's the entryway to the next level of wherever we are on our journey. Uh, it's, it's genius. So uh, speaking of your, your transformation and your story, and you were talking about people and books, is there one or two, maybe even three books that have been uh, transformative in your life worth uh, gifting or recommending things you find yourself talking from and about? Yeah, I haven't read a book in a really long time. Uh, that, but, but one that I, I listened to book. So let me see. I would say, first of all, the thing that really kicked me in the butt when I needed it is Stephen Pressfield's The War of Art. Oh, great. That's a great book. I listened to that in my car over and over and over when I didn't want to study business. I just wanted to spend more money on personal training, which would have gotten me the same results with my clients like, Hey man, I'm not getting better results. I don't care if you spend $5,000 going to a half million. Right. Yeah. Don't care. Right. So, um, so that would be a book. And then another book, uh, yeah, I think, I think the coaching habit, is a great book. I forget the name of the guy who wrote it, but the coaching habit. And what I love about it is it's basically just our advice. Isn't so good. And even when our advice is good, it's still not so good. It really is about getting the other person to realize that they have the power to figure things out on their own. So if you're the person who's calling, Hey, don't eat that. Don't you know that's bad for your health? Yeah. That's not helpful. Even if you, even if it's true, um, having the coaching habit really teaches you. That's the book that got me started in coaching, man. That's amazing. You know, it just how the, how do you get the person to have the realization the on their own so right. that they feel? Yeah, that's what it's about. So the coaching habit, beautiful. Uh, all right, probably one or two more, and I think we are done. This has been super educational and enlightening and entertaining. Um, you just showed me your ring, but is there a another tech tool, website, gadget, something you kind of can't live without tech-related other than the ring and other than the phone itself? <laughs> and if not, yeah, that's sure. Cool. Yeah, what I would tell you is this. Uh, I love t- technology, but um, find something. I would say 
not something that I personally use, but if, so if you have trouble sleeping, get an aura ring. Right. Right. It will help. It will give you data about your sleep that you can make decisions on to sleep sure. better. But if you're someone who ah, I sleep like a rock, I'm out at the same time. I sleep eight hours. I get up, no problems there. And you want to do something for your health, get a Fitbit or something that measures your steps. Cause right. one of the things that people get trapped into thinking, like even people like me, um, you know, a few years back where like, Hey, I work out hard, bro. I go to the gym. I work out hard, bro. It's like, yeah, but you sit on your butt <laughs> the rest of the time. So funny. that hard hour a few times a week, it's right. not offsetting as much as you think you're not working as hard as you think. It was a hard lesson for me to learn. That's great. Lesson. Yeah. I noticed that, you know, I don't hurt know my that, ego. I don't know if you, you have know? an iPhone, but <laughs> yeah, they, it keeps track, especially the Apple watch. Same thing tracks all of that um all right so we're gonna button this up ted it's been amazing uh is there a website we can promote a product you have something we can mention uh on the show of course other than the legendary podcast which is the legendary life podcast anything else yeah yeah, you'll find the Legendary Light Podcast on iTunes, or, and we're on a bunch of other places, but iTunes, um, wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to go to my website uh, and, and see read more about me, uh, go to legendarylightpodcast.com. Is that it? <laughs> Anything else? Well, if you want to... You want to, if you want to reach out to me on social media, you can Got do it. that as well. Probably mostly, um, you know, uh, I'm, you can find me on Instagram and I'm probably most active on Twitter these days. And that's at Ted underscore rice. And so that's T E D underscore R Y C E. I will. We'll make sure that goes in the show notes. You do not go away. I'm going to kill the recording. So say goodbye. All right. Thanks so much for having me, Martin. It's it's been a pleasure. All right. That is going to wrap up this episode of H2G Habits to Goals. It is an honor and a privilege and a joy, of course, to have you along on the journey and share these ideas and, dare I call them, insights on occasion with you. Your emails and messages are Greatly appreciated, tremendously appreciated. I will just remind you what we tend to do is ask, <laughs> did you rate the show? Did you review it? So we love the messages and uh, ratings and reviews go hand in hand along with, of course, sharing the show with others. Finally, maybe not finally, I want to remind you of a couple resources. You can get the Habit Factor uh, free on Audible if it's your first book. If you go to audibletrial.com forward slash habits to goals, and that is the number two. Secondly, the Kindle version of the book is essentially free at three or four, maybe even five dollars. Um, and don't forget, if you're in the U.S., you can text the word habits, H-A-B-I-T-S, to 334 Four, four. And lastly, there is a free habit tracker in terms of the app, the original habit tracker. It allows you to align habits to your goals, thus habits to goals. Just search the habit factor in either the Google Play Store or the Apple uh, App Store. That is it, my friends. Glad you're along for Season 8. It's going to be... Dare I say the greatest one yet. All right. Thank you very, very much. See ya.